Hi everyone, Lauren Hubelay here and welcome to How We Heal. This is a place where we'll gather to mix the best of polyvagal theory, gemotherapy, and Asian medicine to support your healing process. I'm so happy to be gathered here with my dear colleagues and friends, Megan Limp and Cameron Scott. In case you're joining us for the first time, I think it might be important for us to introduce ourselves. Cameron, I'm so happy to see you and have you back again. Um, can you share a little bit about yourself with our listeners? I'd be delighted to, Lauren. It's so wonderful to be with you and with Megan. And I, I in a giggle a few years back, renamed myself as the passionate polyvagalist. And that's what I feel I'm living right now as a result of having done over four decades as a private practice psychotherapist, mainly focusing on you know, those that have had chaotic lives, childhood trauma, or just had so much going on in their bodies they couldn't figure out what was going on. And it wasn't until about almost a decade ago that I met Deb Dana and her work with polyvagal theory. And it just exponentially changed my understanding of how when we can befriend our autonomic nervous systems, we have access to so much more influence on our well-being. So I'm here to join you two in that conversation. But it's like, yeah, how can we really know that we are our own healers? Thank you, Cameron and Megan. Welcome back. Hi, Cameron and Lauren. It is so wonderful to be with you again. And uh, Cameron, I love hearing you talk always, um, but each time you talk about yourself as a passionate polyvagalist and I get to learn a little bit more about you, it's a pleasure. So it's great to be with you. I'm Megan Lamp. I'm based out of St. Louis, Missouri. I have a long time practice in Japanese acupuncture and body work. And I'm also um, a practicing gemotherapist. And as Cameron said, it is my own dysregulation and my own history that led me to uh, where we are today, to my study of how to be a more active participant in my own well-being. And um, it's really a joy and honor to be able to be with you both and also to share that with my clients and their healing journeys. Thanks, Megan. Thank you. Yes, and I'm Lauren Hubelay. Currently, I'm here in Foix, France, where I live part of the year. And um, the rest of the year, I live in San Marcos, Texas. And after many years as a practitioner and working with gemotherapy, I now dedicate all my time to teaching, having wonderful company like Cameron and Megan to um, toss around ideas in regards to healing and to writing and it's my passion right now to continue to follow my own experiences and guidance um, into this idea of um, regulating our nervous systems and healing past traumas and i've come to the deep belief that we cannot restore our physical immunity until we've restored our emotional immunity. And so that's the journey we're on together in this podcast and juicy series, I'm sure, how we heal. Um, as we will with each episode, 
Ladies, I'm going to pose a question for you and then we'll just open it up and see where it leads us. A new word for me in this um, last year was safety. It's a word I'd never really given thought to. And Cameron, I really have you to thank for that, bringing it up in one of our conversations, asking me if I felt safe. And I honestly don't know that I'd ever given it any consideration until then. And so the question I have for you is, what does safety mean for you? And um, we'll see where that goes from there. Cameron, would you like to get us started on that topic? I love to, because it's one of those things, Lauren, we rarely have ever stopped to even consider what is safety other than, you know, making sure I get out the door on time, buckling my, my seatbelt, paying attention to where I'm going. And I'm already feeling, I'm getting mobilized. I'm not, I'm, this is not actually making me feel safe. So taking that moment to consider what is safety and safety is the number one responsibility, either feeling safe or not feeling safe of the autonomic nervous system. So 24 seven, our autonomic nervous systems are surveying what's going on in our body, what's going on in our environment and what's going on when we're in relationship with a, another human being or a, even another mammal. That's it's, it's trying to figure out, can we afford curiosity? Can we afford perspective? Can we afford learning, healing, all of those things? Are we regulated enough? Or if at an, any level, our system is neurocepting before thought and experience of, ooh, not, not safe, you know, not relaxed, not open, not well-being and easy breath. And it's such a fundamentally important question. That's where our listening, listening in, we can begin to feel what our system is actually mandating in our life, as opposed to, you know, when are we invited into well-being? Cameron, for you personally, when you say that word safety, what comes to mind? It's another wonderful, rich question. It is an expanse of experience. Life is possible. My body it, it is doing well, supporting whatever moment I am in. It's the ability to connect with the day, the moment, myself, another human being. So safety, oddly, is almost that ease of what's not happening and then things are possible. Yes, yes. I notice it more and more when I'm in it, but having spent decades, you know, 62 out of 63 years, if you will, um, mostly feeling the lack of safety, but not knowing that's what I was experiencing. Yeah. And you can go through every experience of like, you know, anxious, nervous, you know, unable to digest, you know, unable to figure things out. We all so focus on those moments of, and I think of the word dis-ease, lack of ease. And those are the moments that our systems are for whatever reason, whether it's how we've always interpreted life or biologic cues is feeling that lack of safety. Yeah, 
Yeah, thank you for sharing that. It is the absence of all the other things. Exactly. Megan, what about you? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I love that we're taking some time to visit this and really feel into what our experience of safety is. Because as we were talking before the recording started, we were noting that when you read about trauma and you read about stress and you read about how that impacts us, we are often reading, as Cameron was just saying, about how we feel when we're not feeling safe or what's, what's happening in our autonomic nervous systems when we're moving into a state of protection, when we're not feeling regulated, when we don't feel safe. But let's actually just flip it around and give this some time. And I think that there's an immense amount of healing potential that just comes from this question because this helps us notice what our experience is when we do feel okay. Um, you know, I don't think that many of us that have a history of um, being dysregulated for most of our lives. I'm not sure that there, we can assume that there is body memory of what it is to feel safe in ourselves. And um, for me, the experience of safety is the ability to notice myself, which I don't have when I'm in a state of protection. But if we talk about the autonomic nervous system, and you really think, you know, we use that term a lot, the autonomic nervous system, but the autonomic nervous system controls things inside of our body that are happening automatically below our level of awareness. So when I really felt into this question, what do I notice inside of my body when I am feeling safe? I notice that the automatic functions inside my body aren't noticeable they're just flowing and happening. Meaning my breath doesn't feel constricted or shallow. I'm just breathing. I'm not noticing that I have to pay attention to it. I'm not noticing that I have to force it or try and change it. It's just happening. And my heart, it's just beating. And we know that um, our heart is the way that we send communication to the rest of our body about needing to respond to a potential danger or um, that it's okay to return to regulation. So, you know, my heart is just beating. It's not palpating, it's not racing. Um, I'm not feeling lightheaded, it's, it's not too slow. It, it, it just is. My digestion, it's just moving. It's just rhythmic. Um, peristalsis is happening. There's no, not too fast, not too slow. There's just sort of this innate being of everything moving, all of my internal systems uh, working in concert and moving together. And then when I come to my thoughts and feelings, I'm aware of them. I don't feel disconnected from them, but I'm also not fixated or obsessive either. Again, there's just sort of this flow of my thoughts and feelings. Something might come up. I, I, again, I have the, the power to feel connected to it and notice it but I don't have to be reactionary and um, there's not a fear that something must happen. And I think in essence, it, in terms of my thoughts and emotions, I feel more responsive than I do reactive when I feel safe. I feel more able to um, 
to notice myself. And then when I move out into the external world, um, you know, I feel like my social engagement abilities are online, meaning that I, if I have a great encounter, I can feel safe enough to have a moment of connection that I can look in somebody's eyes or when it's not COVID, I can hug them and, um, and I can feel nourished by that. So many rich thoughts there, Megan. <laughs> I think the first one that struck me uh, very deeply is this um, not feeling reactive, right? To just respond and not react. And that there's a subtle difference there that those of us that have lived a majority of our life in a reactive state don't really realize there's a downshift from that there's something else, right? Um, you know, since this new awareness for myself at uh, 61 years old, I um, now take time on a regular basis to check in, particularly when I'm out there in the world, does this situation make me feel safe or unsafe? Does this person make me feel safe or unsafe? And just using that drops all the stories, right? Well, I don't like that person because da, 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 or this person, you know, because they do da, da, da. It, it really isn't any of that. It's really, do I feel safe? Do I feel safe in their company? And really what that comes down to for me, can I be myself? Can I fully show up as me, not hyper alert Lauren, not deer in the headlights Lauren, um, who is, you know, waiting to react, as you said, Megan. Um, but I can really just show up as me. You know, ladies, I, I just wrote um, a post for my um, newsletter this week about this total um, awakening I had. And of course, it was up in the Pyrenees Mountains, hiking with my husband. And what a, I mean, what a beautiful backdrop to have for this. It certainly wasn't planned as all transformative situations happen, right? They just happen. But I went on this hike with my husband, which we've been doing now 21 years in our relationship. But this is the first time something really different happened. Normally, to feel safe, <laughs> I have to have all the information and know exactly how long that loop is going to take and what the incline is going to be. I mean, I mean, it's almost impossible list of things to feel comfortable. And um, there was something that happened when we got to a point and um, my husband said, you know, I'd really like to go around this loop and it looks really interesting, which would take us behind the back of the mountain. Back of the mountains are scary. You don't know what's going to happen back there. And, and there was a mist and clouds coming down. So like it might rain or snow and I might not have all the provisions. So these are all the things that would normally go in my head. But because he was able to give me real context, 
he took the map out he showed me see each one of these they should be you know 10 minutes each and this is what you've done so far it's not any higher or more strenuous and he gave me all these cues for safety it was like a, a magical experience i went around the back of the mountain <laughs> not in a reactive state. I mean, I've done that a lot of times because I almost always finish the hike, but in a highly reactive place where I can't marvel at the mist that's rolling in and smell the grass and the blossoms. And so it's presence too. That's what safety brings. Yeah, I think that's why often we miss those moments because our natural state is curiosity and presence. But when we're in curiosity and presence, you know, our, we're normally paying attention to something, you're marveling at the mist and, and you don't have to pay attention to, um, you know, the rapid thoughts and the fears and your heart's beating and, and you, you just are. And so there, there is a piece of it that can be easy to miss if we're not tuned in. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful thing to miss. Yeah. Yeah. Absence of, as you said, Cameron, that's exactly what it was. But however, I think the real power in tuning into that, Lauren, is also that you know, we are, you know, our autonomic nervous systems, as Cameron has taught us, form habits. And I think the power of tuning in is that when we notice how wonderful that just being state is or that curiosity and marveling is, the next time it happens, we're more tuned into it and aware of it and we can notice it and we can use it as actually something that perpetuates that goodness that keeps us feeling safe. Yeah. yeah. And it actually forms into a new biologic habit. If we have quote unquote, bad habits uh, of being anxious or, or fearful or, you know, having to whatever, we give our system in, the, in that noticing a, a chance to, you know, really know that new ventral vagal pathway, that neural pathway. So we are offering, we're layering on addition, ex, additional experience and, and that invitation is like, no, you can, you can be present. It's okay. Yeah, I Cameron, I actually thought of you because I mean, it was a cause of celebration and it was actually my husband that brought it up first after we completed. It, he said, what made you do that this time? And do you, look at how easy this was, right? Like, what were the ingredients? And the first thing I thought of, well, Cameron would would say that, you know, I was creating some neuro, new neural pathways. But, but look at this, ladies. If I can do this at 61 years old, if you're listening and you're 19 or you're 37, I want to tell you that you can make a difference in your own life in tiny little steps. That's how, how small this was. I didn't set out to do this, right? It was just an opportunity. And I happen to have some of the tools, thanks to all the work we've been doing. Mm -hmm. So that this is how we experience safety. Mm -hmm. When we 
have choice and context and all of these ingredients that lead to us being able to just be curious. You know, when we're not mobilized, instead of feeling shut down, you know, the magic of safety transforms it into stillness. And when we have mobilization, like Lauren on the mountain, you know, instead of it feeling overwhelming or fearful or something she needs to protect against, she could experience it as adventure. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. Look at you glowing, Cameron. <laughs> I know, and I know both of you are, are just make my heart sing because if we haven't been afforded a lot of experience formerly with safety, we might not recognize it. And, and you know, that's just our biology doing its best. It's like we all have negativity bias. So our systems are geared to make sure we're safe at all costs. And we often don't even know what it's like just to be safe and how important that is and and meeting that experience to notice it's like you know it's like a, a little kid you know sliding down the fire pole for the first time after you know, having weeks of approaching it and no oh, i can't do that and and how we all take that moment to beam it's like you did it i did it i had a new experience i feel wonderful you know i i did something that i thought i couldn't do or didn't even know I could experience. Yeah, and I would say that glow lasts when you experience safety and you really experience all the way through in every cell of your body. Um, it's, it is cause for celebration. Yeah. And nobody can take it away from you. I mean, that's, that's your ventral vagal anchors. We may shift into those states of reactivity, often even, but we still, our system knows it's somewhere, it's there. Yeah. Great. I tell you what, a couple of years ago, my husband and I traveled to uh, Quebec and there's a beautiful waterfall there. It's larger than Niagara Falls. And um, I like outdoor adventures. Um, and we decided that we would zip line. Um, they offered that, that you could zip line across this waterfall. And um, as we were preparing for it, I really didn't feel much angst about it. And then we got up on the little stand and there's the gentleman who's facilitating it there. And my husband zip lines across and it's exhilarating to watch him and wonderful. And then um, a, a loud crashing of um, self-protection uh, came to me and I sort of had this thought like, oh my gosh, you have two kids and um, what if this, this, and what if that, and uh, you know, my state transformed immediately. And the bottom line is, is that I stood there for 20 or 30 minutes. I think everybody else had given up on the fact that this might turn into a fun adventure for me. And what it took to create the context and the, the connection and the ingredients for this to transform into something that was possible for me, to transform into fun and adventure instead of overwhelm and uh, protection for me was just another woman. For some reason, we didn't look alike, we weren't the same age, but this other woman came up and she just threw herself off this um, podium and flutely and ziplined across this uh, waterfall. And she looked exhilarated. And I, there was just enough connection there and context for me to think, you know, I think I can do this. 
And um, as soon as I was over that waterfall, I tell you what, at the moment that you think I might have felt danger, I actually felt quite safe. Mm. Um, so mm. that, right, you know, what, when the ingredients are there, it can transform in a moment. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful place to wrap this um, episode because we'll lead in next time with the ingredients, what those are for each of us. Ladies, thank you. Megan, that was a great story. I'll carry that picture with me the rest of the week. Um, Cameron, Megan, thank you so much. Um, and if you're interested in our work and you've just uh, are tuning in for the first time to our recordings, I know that you can find Cameron Scott at CameronScott.ma. Am I right? CameronScottMA.com is probably the easiest place. Great. And Megan at AccuLimp.com? Yep, AccuLimp.com. Okay. And I'm at LaurenHumbley.com. So thank you all. And I look. we look forward to speaking with you next time. Thank you.